0: Wilds: Stories of curiosity, play, and grit. I'm your host, Mindy Reeves. Together, we'll venture into the wilds to discover how creative fire spills out the veins of personality. We want to hear the grit, the dirt, and the messy parts of your creative life. How do you get your insides out? How do you keep finding your path? of unbridled, creative flow. Lost in the wilds? Even better. We want to know your grit story in the making. No finished products here. Process only, please. Going into the wilds with student of philosophy and aspiring spiritual mentor, Arthur Freeman. I've been thinking a lot about the question that people ask you when they meet you. What do you do? That's kind of a limiting question in my mind. So I've been thinking about the question, who are you? Um, Like, what would people answer if you asked them? Who are you? Instead of what? Hey, what do you do? Right, right. You know? um, how do you answer that question? <laughs> Who are you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I usually keep the silence because it is such a difficult question to answer. It is based on who's asking you, what dimension they're asking about. Um, because we're really all these like creative expressions of the universe. So lately, I've been trying to distill that into some sort of identity. Um, I think I read a quote lately. It was like. You, you, you have everything by yourself, everything that you need, except character. Mm-hmm. So it is important to have a character when you go and interact with other people in the world, because, oh, when I'm interacting with the entire universe, I don't get that. Like, how do I interface with you? So it is yeah. important to have some sort of character. And it is limiting, but it just seems to be like that's it serves a purpose to be able to yeah. come back down and to, to be able to interact with others and... Right. And then the people you keep closest to your life are the ones that you share the most dimensions with. So you're not limited by a certain character. You know, you can be something one day and another thing the next to them and and they change with that. Mm. So when people ask me that and it's in like a professional capacity, you know, uh, the only way I can sort of try to answer is, you know, I want to help people where they're at and get them where they're going. So it's that sort of... um, a lot of the words I like lately are facilitator, catalyst, mm. you know, helping people realize that everything they have already is inside. So, just helping people come more into their own, trust into their own being and their own knowingness. Yeah. So, that, I mean, yeah, there are a lot of words to describe that, but it's that sort of help that I'm just helping you explore yourself. Yeah. And uh, that's really the, the sort of uh, work I want to do, so... So I guess I did define myself as what I do, but what I do isn't very narrow anyway, so yeah, it's as good as I can get. <laughs>
0: yeah, what you do is who you are as well. Unless, right. Um, that's not the case in a lot of people's lives, so that you're infusing what you do with who you are, and it's very um, all in the same path. That's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot with, ego work and trying to minimize the ego and then when you start getting into that and you just started asking yourself the question well how do I relate to people in the world if I don't have the so maybe it's yeah. not suppressing it completely and like yeah. fighting against it maybe that's a part of who we are here in in these bodies in this life um, and you have to find a way to make them do a little dance together instead <laughs> of. Be yeah. like, that's bad. You can't
1: just like put it in a closet yeah. and say you don't exist or you're my enemy. It's, <laughs> exactly mm, it's just like it is part of the, the creative expression you are. And it might even be the focal point that it comes through for everything. Right. So the image I've been uh, I've been seeing in all the dimensions in art and in identity, it's like the wake of a ship, you know, you've got this whole broad experience and all these things, but then you have a focal point it's on. Mm. And so you can't really resist the focal point, and say, "Well, I don't like that. It's this because it's it doesn't really capture everything. But it's still mm-hmm. like that's the focal point where you're at now in this conversation, you know, that we're having. Yeah. So you know, it's they're very useful to have, and it's mm-hmm. um. Yeah, it's not something you should run away from because it is it is part of that beauty. Yeah. That's uh, been created. You know.
0: Very cool. Um. So. Who are you beginning to have these conversations with? I know you're an aspiring spiritual mentor, so how are you starting this for yourself?
1: Um, Just the people I've been interacting with, I've been noticing more and more the effect that I'm starting to have on them, Mm -hmm. Um, so mostly just with friends. Like I, I came back after I had a nice brainstorming weekend in creativity in Virginia with my father, and then I come back and, and I, I meet up with my friend and he's at this turning point in his life. You know, he's starting to make a breakthrough, um, realize that there's more to life than what he was doing, but he isn't really sure what to where to go or how to handle it. And just through talking to him, um, you know, I'm just helping him, like I said, explore things that he was already saying and sort of being a mirror for what he's already saying. And uh the next day he said, Wow, that was actually the best conversation I've had in a long time. I feel like I have direction in life again.
0: Wow. And so that
1: really struck me. I was like, wow you know, just talking with him, just really listening to him and where he was at, and now he feels like he has direction again in the morning and, and he's, you know, more focused and driven to to walk towards what he, he decided.
0: <clears throat> yeah, that's beautiful. So
1: I, I and then there was someone who um who messaged me over the internet, um, I'm on a forum for Taoism. Mm-hmm i like to make posts and i had forgotten about some post i made and someone said i read it and they messaged me and they asked me you know what can i do to connect more with nature to have these you know honoring experiences to get in harmony with it and so i I responded to him because he was looking to deepen what he his spirituality and his connection with nature and i realized wow um this is kind of what I want to do, you know, for a living. This really is what I'm passionate about. Yeah. So I realized that if, because if, that's what a lot of the work I did this weekend was, was setting up the structures so I can start to get paid for what I do. Nice. Because I got a reading at the Body, Mind, Spirit Expo, and that was the main theme. It was like, the main challenge I have right now is, well, you actually do a lot for people. You know, you can all, you have a lot to offer. Uh, you need to work on getting actually paid and receiving your services. Yeah. Cause it, it was funny, like I got up from the reading without paying, and he's like, and he had to bring me back down and say, yeah, So, did you want to use credit card or cash? It's like, I completely forgot. Like I, It <laughs> yeah. wasn't intentional, but
0: because it's such a beautiful spiritual yeah. experience, it's like you don't, I don't know, if you don't have that connection with money, is energy, yeah, and it's getting that clear that that money coming back is just the energy yeah, exactly. in exchange for the spiritual guidance or yeah. whatever it is you're receiving.
1: The exchange is definitely important, yeah. To respect what you received and that's what he did um he was like so he brought me back down i paid and he said you know and you need to do this for yourself too you know you're not even thinking about it at all that's why right. you got up without doing it but that part is very important um it's
0: interesting because
1: it's just you know you get inspired by all these stories and you know you read all these things about all oh, these healers and they and they always work for free or mm-hmm. you know they go around completely selfless and, and right. they never ask for anything and and, and since I've been very blessed in life, you know, with tuition and grants and my parents helping me out, I haven't had to worry about that. Right. But at some point, you know, that's that's going to shift and I am going to have to, you know, value this energetic exchange and, you know, be able to sustain myself. Yeah. Because, um, you know, it's important to, you know, have, have these, you know, eat well and to have these options available for you. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: so that's been a part of my path is, you know, just getting more comfortable with saying okay what i'm doing for you is important it's not greedy to ask for money that's you know yeah. what i'm worth because it's like obviously ideally i just like want to offer this to free people to free right. for whenever they come in but uh so the reading i got it's like well they, they will they won't value it more unless they're actually putting money you know how many times do we get free advice and we just kind of it just exactly. floats right through us but if we've invested in it and we said okay i'm going to invest in this i trust this person I put my money in, and this is the advice I got. Mm-hmm. You know, we might take it more to heart and, and start to commit to those things.
0: Yeah, that's something I feel like healers, artists, we all run into because we're doing this stuff because it's spiritually fulfilling yeah. to us and we're connecting with people or we're expressing ourselves in a really pure way. And um, yeah, it's like not until you run yourself down because you haven't been getting the return? Mm-hmm. Do you realize like, oh this is very important? So it's good to recognize up front. Yes. Cool. Um so where did this journey start? How I know you have done other healing arts. Mm-hmm. Um, so are you doing healing arts or physical hands on work anymore? I, I'm missing it. Or? I'm starting
1: to miss it because I I, I do want to I did love connection with people and it, it yeah. really helps in your development because, mm-hmm. you know, you, you can talk and you can explore these philosophies a lot, but sometimes you just really need to, you know, connect with someone beyond language right. and, and, and see where their energy's at. at. Uh, the reason I've stayed away from it now is, is I've really committed to my own, you know, development and healing. Like I really need to take care of myself and make sure I'm in a good place before I start working on others. Yeah. That's why I'm I'm aspiring still. You know, there's there's still some debris and stuff that I need to clean out, um, mm-hmm. which I've been doing. Uh, so it, it's not like, it's not like okay, I'm not a body worker anymore. I'm not a massage. That was a very important part of my path, and it still is. I'm still licensed, and I'm going to get it back into that. But the trap I was falling into was I kept working on a level that was... I, I kept choosing to work on a lower level.
0: Yeah. Like
1: I would work at a spa and do massage... Even though I know through my own experiences, like wow, energy work is so important and shifts people so on such a deeper level, yeah, and it lasts a lot longer, yeah. But you know, people aren't into that, so I'm going to go do massage, you know, right at a spa, and it's just more secure. So I don't want to get back into it until I'm ready to say, you know, okay, this is the way I work. You know, I I work energetically, um, or or I. Or um, just gentle hands on moving that that connects with the mind, that freedom body work for Traeger, right. and that's what I want to do. I'm not gonna <clears throat> keep fighting people within their own filters. You know, you want to bring people out of that level. That was that was a tension I was experiencing for a while. It was like, well, do you help people in the way that they expect to be helped? Like they are expecting massage, they expect it to be sort of within these parameters.
0: Yeah.
1: Or do you try to show them? Well, you know, this is what it can really help you. Yeah. And I'm still I'm still trying to balance between the two. Uh, my dad's advice was like, well, you 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 work with them on on the entry level. You bring them in for massage, and then you start to introduce slowly to see because you get to you get yeah. better at reading people. That was his core advice. You get better at reading people. Right. You read people. It's like, well, this guy might be open minded. I work on him once. You know, he comes back. I said, well, let me try this. You know, this is something I found very. Affected in the past and and as you start to build a relation with your clients, you can start to open them up more and more Mm -hmm. So um, and that was something that stuck with me and one of my fellow practitioners for energy work He said, you know this sort of work it 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 meets people where they're at, right? So it does the energy does adjust To where people are at, you know, some people get very powerful and and they they feel the energy coming through them And it really opens them up and it really gets things circular other people, you know, they're just relaxed. They just needed to be in a parasympathetic state. So oh. that's where it meets them at. Right. But what's important is that, you know, you yourself are trying to work on the deepest level possible and always heading towards that and not compromising that work.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then being okay with it coming through in different ways. So that's the sort of balance I'm trying to achieve.
0: Yeah, that's great.
1: So, so where did you're... this all start, though? That's the question, right? <laughs> oh. um, but yeah, with massage, <laughs> that's definitely what got me into it. Yeah. It's like you know. Once you once you get on a path, it seems to me like healers are always really needing to heal themselves, but yes. then they're still so compassionate that they want to help others instead. Mm-hmm. And then through that journey, they understand, oh wow, I really needed to work on myself, and <laughs> yeah. this work is really important for me. And then they oh, want to yeah. share it with others. So that's really where it all started. Is you know, um, I I went through a lot of uh, hard, difficult lessons. You know, painful. Yeah. A lot of stubbornness and just a, just a rough, you know, sort of path at the beginning there. And right. And that brought me to a place where um, I thought what I could offer the world was at least I got into massage therapy. Yeah. So that's really just where it started. And yeah. that opens you up to the rest of
0: <laughs> Totally, this whole
1: enterprise. Yeah.
0: That's great. Um, so sounds like you're pretty close with your father. Has has that been he's obviously you know giving you lots of advice about your next spiritual step and your professional steps so has that been a relationship that's really nourished your creativity
1: um it used to be a lot worse (laughs) so (laughs) i've I've started to repair that yeah he he's he always keeps me bound in check you know Mm. because There's that tension between, you know, do I go too far and start talking in spiritual terms that no one can understand or relate to? And he's always trying to bring me back. He's like, well, you know, you have all these experiences. They're all really, you know, beyond the rational mind. And, but look, it is all in the brain. Like he showed me a documentary on like, well, it's it's like the amazing, the magnificence of the brain and, you know, the, uh, the logical and rational and, um, you know, what they're working through there um but he he also he also talks how should i so he talks in very secular terms and that helps me a lot because i like to make things very romantic and poetic like instead i would you know i say you the only choices are love or fear you know that's a very spiritual thing but yeah he kind of grounded me because and he said this without me saying it so we're really talking about the same thing but the language he uses is important to help me relate to more people he says you know the choices are you're either in harmonic resonance or you're not and those are the choices because there's, you know, throughout your day, one thing's going to be certain, you're going to encounter things and it's going to be in frequencies.
0: Right.
1: And the frequency of what's going on, you can either be in tune with it like an instrument, you can either be resonating with it or you can be out of tune with it. Mm-hmm. And now you're in dissonance, now you're in un- disharmony and that leads to everything else. So it was really, It's he's really nourished me in helping me think of different types of ways to relate to people. And he's also, yeah. he's got an MBA, so he really helps with the whole business side. It's like, you need to trademark. You know, all these things. Yeah. I'm like I'm like, oh, well, who's going to steal from me? Like, everything <laughs> yeah. is love. Like, why do I need to trademark these things? And why do I need this structure? And he's like, right. like, okay, you need a trademark. All right, mm-hmm. you need to set this up. <laughs> and, you know, so he really helps me. It's just practical. practical things. yeah.
0: So um, I'm curious about his spiritual path or... Were you influenced by someone in your early life that got you no. on this deep spiritual journey?
1: No, I really wasn't. That's the interesting thing. I was. See, so my father, my mother was Christian, so mm-hmm. I just kind of went along with that because my brother was not, and so I, I was making her happy. You know, I've been—I was an yeah. accommodator and a pleaser for a long time, right. so I kind of just went along with that. And um, and my father, what my mother will always appreciated about him was that he always sort of was able to do the right thing or know what to do without having some God or some, you know, larger power looking over him and, and, um, like, judging him or anything. You know, he was always in harmony or or, or aspiring towards it. But he, you know, he never would use the term spiritual. I've never, he doesn't really consider himself a spiritual person, even though he has all these experiences with energy and... um, I mean, he's a cancer as me. He's his he his birthday's the day before me, so it's like we're v- we very we connect mm-hmm. very uh well on how we relate to the world. We're right. both very emotional, you know, we both uh have built up this shell around us, you know. And so uh he's he's really inspired me lately after I, I reconnected with him in my twenties. He said, um I'm it now. But it's just about uh Oh, oh, what he said was, you know, fathers don't want their sons to make the same mistakes as them, you know. Mm-hmm. So he he's always helped guide me for where he went wrong. He doesn't want the same kind of life that he had for me. He yeah. he wants me to learn from his mistakes. Um, but my early childhood, I I I wasn't really um the only spiritual I had spiritual sort of experiences were very alone. Um I had a I had a book that uh got me into energy work at first sort of it was like you know playing with energy field yeah and and i could feel it and i thought it was cool but i just thought it was normal i wasn't really awed by it like wow this is wow i want to explore this it was just like oh that's like magnetic field like that makes sense Mm
0: -hmm. so i
1: i mean that kind of started me off and look and then i got really drawn to eastern traditions japan like that's why i traveled there Um Mm -hmm. anime they they all have this sort of spiritual flavor to it they all talk about things in terms of energy and just really exploring things and metaphors and uh, showing what's really possible. So I was always drawn towards that. And uh, then what really started me out on spirituality was right before my 18th birthday, I I read the Tao Te Ching, Taoism. And that resonated with me very strongly. I was like, well, this is how I want to live my life. Like these principles, you know, this is a philosophy that I I love, you know. It starts out with a paradox. I've always loved paradoxes because I always thought the truth was a sort of paradox, you know was yeah. never something you could just grasp and you had it it's right. always like well it's this and that and it's like that doesn't make sense I was like of course not that's why it's true
0: mm-hmm. so
1: Taoism starts off with a paradox in the opening lines and reading that right before I turned in you know it was very symbolic to me It's like that's the guiding philosophy I took into my adulthood and I always tried to live minimalistically and, and mm-hmm. simply mm-hmm. And, and just very efficiently and I made a lot of mistakes but it was a good philosophy to keep me on on the right track you know trying to do good and, and uh, improve myself and yeah one for nothing so I wasn't really inspired but that's that's where a lot of part of my young adulthood has come into I've been learning I've been seeing now male role models and other spiritual role models and starting to resonate with them Um, but I I really didn't have that growing up and that's really interesting looking back it's like wow I was really just kind of doing it all myself Yeah. so that's why I say it was like a hard way I took like a hard path and I don't want that for others because it was like Mm -hmm. I had to really look deep and reflect on all this stuff myself and he's really alone
0: yeah sounds like, like if your mother was very Christian and your dad was kind of not really spiritually tuned in to your definition of what that might be now, yeah. but it sounds like he was open, but so were they very supportive of whatever well, uh, it was that was flourishing in you or?
1: Well, they, you? they got divorced when I was six, so hmm. I, I, I didn't really see my father at all. That's why oh. I, I, my brother went to live with him and my brother developed along a much different path. Gotcha. And uh, so my father had most focus, most of his energy on my brothers raising him. So yeah. I never really got to see him and, and flourish in that way. Um, my mother, I think, energetically, she, she inspired me. Um, you know, I was reading a book by her. You know, you're the blend of, you got to reflect on your family. You're the blend of your mother and father's energies, literally. Yeah. And, like, the spirituality of my mother, because she, she's more spiritual now than religious. She doesn't really like the term religion, but she still has, you know, a few hard-line rules that she draws from Christianity.
0: Right.
1: Um, so she, she's really inspired me. She was always an inspiration to live a spiritual life. You know whether I was aware of it or not. Right. That was definitely in me because of her. Yeah. And um. So that, but but I was never I was never really ra- I wasn't really raised in like a sort of mm-hmm. a flourishing of spirituality or like let's yeah. talk about how you're connecting with things. You know, it just didn't really come up for me until, um, until uh, I was 24, and then I really just had an eye-opening experience where. It, I, like, experienced what I could, would call God or love or whatever you mm-hmm. want to call, like, some uh, universal yeah um, oneness. And that's when I said, okay, well, this is this is what I've, you know, been longing for for a long time. You yeah. know? This is what was going to, this fills the void that I've always felt. And then that's when I got into it, and now it's started to grow and flourish since that point. Right. And so, and then now my mother's very, you know, she's very supportive of uh, these changes, and like I said, my father offers me a lot of help, so it really hasn't been since that. Like, yeah. growing up, I wasn't really, you know, yeah. attuned at all. Yeah. it's just kind of dark night of the soul, they call it. Or, right. Yeah, something like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's interesting to look back, though, and kind of see, oh, well, maybe like you said, energetically, there were probably some influences that I don't know, helped with yes. whatever openings you're experiencing now
1: yeah once you reflect you connect all the cool. dots to how you end up and it's like oh, yeah. well it was right next to me all along you yeah know, I just wasn't facing the right way it's right. not like oh, I was spiritual I was like well it was there you too
0: I was listening to some
1: it. extent whether I knew that's what I was doing or not
0: yeah that's pretty awesome um so yeah let's fast forward and talk about your trip to Japan okay, um, since yes. we're talking about Taoism <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> is there anything you want to just jump off with or I can ask you a specific oh, question if you want
1: uh I just I just love the atmosphere in Japan mm-hmm. it's just so amazing um you just I just get so excited like oh wow they're doing things right like the first thing that really struck me is kind of simple and funny but it was like the toilets there They have this little sink on top, so when you flush it, you can wash your hands in the sink, and then the excess water goes refills the toilets.
0: That's so cool. And that's
1: all, but it's like, that's so smart. Yeah. Why wouldn't we do this everywhere? You know, like, how much water would be reduced just from that? And there's just so much evidence everywhere you look of how they're living in harmony with nature. They're living with nature, and this is reflected in every aspect of their culture. They have um, temples that there's no nails in them. The wood is all just created by the structure of it, and so it expands and shrinks together, mm-hmm. and they've been standing for thousands of years through earthquakes, yeah, you know it's built with nature and it lasts and that's why um it's very inspiring it's very you know you always feel very harmonized there, and the people are all very they get it you know they they would get that we're all in this together, so if someone comes into their life and they need help, there's no hesitation to yeah. help them you know because they realize. They're helping themselves essentially, mm. and you know,
0: which is exactly what you were talking about with your path to helping other <laughs> people. That's so nice to immerse yourself in that. So, um, so where exactly were you, and for how long?
1: Um, I was studying abroad in Osaka, okay. which is Western Japan. It's it's kind of a suburb of Osaka,
0: mm-hmm. which
1: was nice because it it backed up to this mountain, and so I was able to go into nature. And there's there's a river, and it was just I could always go out there, like, you know, every, every day, or multiple times a week, at least, Mm -hmm. I could just go out into nature, and really just feel it, you know, yeah, um, and there was a, there was a shrine, there's shrines where I lived, and connecting with the Shintoism over there is very beautiful, you know, the Kami over there, and each one has their own sort of frequency, if you want to say, to connect with, and it was just a magical place, like, I don't know how else to describe it, and, um,
0: yeah, the pictures were beautiful. We can put some, if you're yes, okay please. with it, put some photos on your blog post for this um, interview. Um, yeah. yeah, it was really pretty just to see the pictures. I was like, oh <laughs> man, I want to go. Um, so, was this a study abroad thing through school, or yeah, you just went on your. Through own?
1: NC State, um, it's, there's an exchange program. So, you pay NC State tuition, uh-huh. and then you get sent over there. Um, and, and, you know, there was a deficit, I was surprised. There's more people coming from Japan, from this university in particular, than they are sending them over there. Mm. And I don't know why it's... I, I think this university just is a lesser known. It's not in Tokyo, and it's not known for anything in particular. It's more of a humanities-based one. So maybe that's why, but it yeah. was perfect for me and the people I met. Um, I met a lot of people that were intuitive, and it was just really awesome. You know seeing them from all over the world, so we kind of grew together, right? Yeah, in a lot of ways.
0: So, what was an average day or week like while you're there?
1: So, an average day for me was um, I would go to class and in the middle of class, between classes, there's a shrine near the school, I would go there, practice some Qigong, really get into it, um, mm-hmm. and I would. I would talk I would meet up with friends exchange students uh, during during the week it was it, I was more uh, more strict I had a, I had a good solid routine and I didn't explore too much um, I joined a club at first I joined the judo club but um, they were all so above my level that it was very hard it was very intimidating you know I, I tried yeah. to get in in with it but um at a certain point there it just I got hurt. Oh. really badly and and I just I just took it as an energetic sign I was like you know this really isn't for me like I, I haven't been resonating with martial arts anyway yeah I, I, I was that's what was a certain point I was like at a certain point in my development it's like am I learning martial arts you know um, I, I started out in martial arts because it was self-cultivation I guess that's where you could say my spirituality began going back to that one mm-hmm. I was into martial arts um, so I was like, at some point, instead of doing martial arts for self-cultivation, I have, you know, meditation and communing with nature now instead. And through that harming, you realize, you start to grow and realize, well, I don't ever need to get into fights, you know? Right. There are other ways to handle conflict. So I don't need to build martial arts to say, well, if anyone does get in with me, like, I, I can handle them. and Or I'll give off this aura of intimidation and power so that no one messes with me. Right. It's like, no, there are other ways to go. Um, you know you're not you're never going to get in a situation you can't handle so why am I even cultivating this sort of physical or uh, martial energy because mm-hmm. it, it's just a completely different energy than you know qigong and, 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 and learning healing frequencies so after I got out of the judo club I went to capoeira club I thought it was mm. simple it was funny because I'm Brazilian and I was learning a Brazilian art but it was in Japan yeah so it was funny to me <laughs> That's but great. um it's a dance, yeah. so it, it wasn't. It's not very martial. There was no. There's in judo. We we're always fighting, and I thought that was good for my cultivation because, like, oh, I have to learn how to fight. You know, just yeah. how to, to handle conflict, which is important. Which is why I got into it. But capoeira is. It's like it's like a dance. So you're attacking each other, but it's it's in sort of harmony. And yes. More fluid, and that really resonated with That's me. nice. And, and it really got me into my body, and it was it was good on a lot of levels. Yeah. And and the singing is very cathartic too. so... Oh. That that's I, I, I switched that off. Yeah, they um we get in a circle and then there's instruments. Nice and then they all sing in Portuguese. It was funny. <laughs> it great. was nice. So so that so a typical week would be me going to Capoeira two or three times at night. Mm-hmm. In the day I'd I'd spend a lot of time in nature. Some there's there was this river I would bike to, and my host family let me borrow their bike.
0: Mhm.
1: And I would always go to this river and um just see what was going on. Uh, I tried to do at least one day a week because it was it was this this river was sad because a lot of high school students would go there, and they kind of trash the place up. Uh, you know, there's cigarettes and 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 yeah. convenience store trash, and I'm like, it kind of hurt me because it's like, well, are they losing their harmony with nature? Like, right. how much influence is Western culture having? So I would try to clean that up at least right. once a week and do my part.
0: Or they're just teenagers rebelling and <laughs> yeah rebelling against them they'll come back yeah yeah hopefully <laughs> yeah I
1: didn't think of it that way it's reassuring maybe yeah that they'll rediscover nature
0: so how was it living with your host family what was that like to be immersed in it was in really family?
1: it was it was wonderful I, like that's definitely what I recommend anyone looking at these experiences I wouldn't that part of it was such such important because mm-hmm. in the dormitory I mean, I I watched people in the dormitory, and they and they hung out in their own group because they're always around that energy. They're always around these international students, and I'm sure they grew a lot in that way. Right. But they're always speaking English, and they're always doing things that you know they kind of universal. Like everyone agrees, like let's go drink. Like you know, they can all connect on that. But living in the host family, I I would I would you know I was forced to speak Japanese, Mm -hmm. so that helped me grow in that way. And they would take me on. In they would really help me out wherever I needed to go. Like. I was there's so many trips I would have been impossible, if they didn't help me navigate the system on how to get there. Like oh you need to take this bus or this is when the ferry leaves or here. Oh I went to this one island and they help they called the travel agency company for me and because mm-hmm. and, I can't do complicated Japanese. And,
0: right.
1: So they yeah they they were very wonderful. Uh, that's definitely awesome. definitely recommended to have a host family there.
0: This episode was sponsored by Will Pearson, providing leadership developmental coaching for conscious leaders. Whether you're wanting to be more effective at work or more effective in life, contact Will for a free consultation. willpearsoncoaching.com To become a sponsor of the Creative Wilds Project, support us on Patreon. Find the link on the website. So while you were there, you were studying philosophy or what
1: classes were you um, taking? The classes, I was taking intensive Japanese so that was oh. four days a week for about two hours that was... and uh, that was really good. That was six credits and then the other half of my course load was um, um, courses in English about Japanese culture. So I took a course on Japanese beauty and aesthetics which is mm. really nice to see how they, their sense of beauty and how it's simple and different and, yeah. um, and we got to do a lot of funs crafts like ikebana is is not their word for flower arrangement because they don't even think of it as flower arrangement they commune with the flowers and they ask the flowers how do you want to be arranged oh. and it, it's like a meditative spiritual practice right. so it's not really oh i'm arranging flowers it's it's always fresh and new so we did ikebana we did um shodo, which is calligraphy and it's there's no perfect way to do it, you, you're just doing the calligraphy to see what your heart wants to say, mm-hmm. so you know, it's reflected so well, and so that was really beautiful, I had two pieces from that hanging on my wall, and um, another arts and crafts we did, we went to see um, to some museum in Kyoto where they, they showed us kimono um, it's called shabori, which is a very intricate weaving technique that's only it's being lost because, you know, there's only these old women that do it, that have the patience for it, and no one really wants to learn it because it's such a long process. Yeah. But there's such beautiful works of art, and uh, so that was Mm. a good class. I took a course on Japanese psychology, which Mm. is very important, you know, to see how your culture influences your psychology and these differences between Western and Eastern cultures. It really helped, you know, broaden my perspective in that way. Um Another course that I really liked was Japanese literature
0: uh-huh.
1: because the teacher was very spiritual, very connected, and she saw that she's she really connected with the works and you know she, um she's like a mental intuitive, so she would she she said the best part about literature is you know you're you're having conversations with people that lived centuries ago, you know yeah, she really connected with the works, saw how their spirit came through in it, and
0: right.
1: yeah, and she said. She she would always drop spiritual thing mystical things in the conversation uh-huh. that I was surprised by. I was like, wow, I didn't know a professor would had the courage to say this. She said like, she would say things. For example, like my teacher, you know he he uh, he was very influential on uh, my my practice of uh, studying literature and translating. And he's here with us now. I don't know if you can see him or not, wow. but he's right here over my shoulder. And I was very surprised. <laughs> but
0: she would in a college, thought, okay. you know, she
1: would put that out there. That you know. And, and we she even talked we even she asked people like to raise their hands like has anyone had an out-of-body experience because we read a story where someone had an out-of-body experience and she's like well i mean someone's had that it's like don't be shy we're all friends here you can talk about it right and people started to open up and say these things you know wow. and they were kind of hesitant because they're like i could see them still being tied down by western psychological yeah. explanations for that phenomena but they were still willing to share them mm-hmm. which was very amazing
0: so was the teacher Japanese?
1: No, she she's uh she she's American and uh she's spent some time in England and then lived yeah. in she's been living in Japan probably 40 years. Wow. Yeah.
0: That's great. I love thinking back to teachers who had the courage to like go outside of what the curriculum was and yes. talk about real things like that that are yes. emotional and spiritual and it's pretty amazing. Um, Nice. Is there anything else that you'd like to add about? Oh, I was going to ask: Is in that Japanese psychology class, is there anything that stood out to you culturally that was just like, "Wow, this is"?
1: I didn't have any. Difference? I didn't have any like large moments that were like, "Wow, like I did not see things this way." Uh-huh. Um. Because the class mostly focused on the, the studies. We were talking about more about the studies oh. of how they came to these conclusions. And, um, and and then, you know, it's one of those things, one of those classes where they say things and it's like, oh, like, I've already sensed that. Like, I already intuitively know it. And I guess I'm glad you have a study showing it, but mm-hmm. that's kind of common sense to me. Yeah. But so one of this, for, for example, one of the things we learned is like Japanese people always look at the whole picture. Like they track eye movement and they'll show someone a painting and their eyes are constantly moving from the central figure to the environment back. So Japanese, culturally, psychologically, they look at at any situation or any subject as the subject and their environment. Mm-hmm. In the West, our minds focus on just the subject. So if I show you a picture, it's a beautiful forest, and there's birds and all these other little things and there's a tiger in the middle, they'll say, oh, there's a tiger. Like that's a painting of a tiger. Yeah. And that's what they'll focus on. But the Japanese will say, oh, it's a beautiful jungle. It looks like it's summer. There's, It looks like it's the rainy season. There's birds and there's a tiger. And they'll mm-hmm. look at the whole thing holistically. So it's a more holistic mm-hmm. thinking style.
0: Right.
1: And so... Because and, the main difference between Japanese and... and uh, or Eastern and West, psychologically, is... Um, west the western is obsessed with this idea of an absolute truth right it's absolute there's something out there maybe we're not there yet but it, there's got to have it something and that's what we're striving towards and japanese eastern is very relaxing like well it's always relative so yeah. relax you know just do what's yeah. right in front of you focus on what's right here you don't have to be always striving to some absolute yeah. so that's that's the that was the main thing out of that class and um the, actually, the the best experience I had in that class is in the beginning. Everyone was sharing their sort of path and how they got interested in psychology. And when I started talking about massage and shamanism, the teacher was very receptive to it, which surprised me. And he said, um, yeah, they're starting to figure out that um, touch is can communicate so many different emotions and feelings that you can't put into words. Yeah. So it can be very healing to just, you know, the touch is like you can communicate these feelings to people mm-hmm. in ways that you can't express perfectly in any other medium yeah. and that's what art really has started to show through about me it's like it's showing how you feel inside and connecting to someone you yeah. know being vulnerable with how you feel inside and then you could connect to someone else it's like yeah I felt that way too mm-hmm. and that's where the healing really is Is yeah. connecting with others that have gone through it
0: Yeah, that gave me goosebumps. It's kind of like, you know, in some situations in life, there's nothing you can say. And if you try to verbalize, it almost like ruins the moment. So it's like eye contact is kind of lost in our culture. So coming back to that and also touch is also kind of lost because it's people are so worried about that. So I think encouraging that just, you know, a hand on someone's shoulder, you know can be very powerful um yeah that's a nice thought um so coming back to north carolina after being in japan and getting back to into school right away how's that been
1: well one more thing about japan that oh, i yeah, have to please. mention is just the mountains and the the mountain religion that i got to yeah. be influenced with, with and that that was very powerful just every experience Every experience on a mountain, you just learn so much. It's just such a symbolic journey, you know? Because um, I think one of the things that Japanese, that we can learn from Japanese culture in the West is just their patience. Mm-hmm. How great things do take a lot of time, and you can't have it right now. And the mountain really teaches you that. You can't just run up it and be at the top. And if you could, it wouldn't even be that meaningful. It wouldn't be that powerful an experience. So you, you go through this patience, and one step at a time, then you're up there. And it's and it's just such a it's just so moving. Communing with the spirit of the mountain as you go up, and then you start to you know enjoy every moment. It's not just oh I have to get up, and then once I'm up, that's the good part. It's the whole experience is good, and the people you meet along the way that's what I really took away. They're people that went so far out of their way to help me that I just met on a mountain mm-hmm. because we were both communing with nature and we both understood each other in that moment. And um, so, so they built a religion around the communing with nature and um, getting in touch with it and really having this reverence and respect to it that was really beautiful. So I really expanded my spirituality in that way. Nice. And then it's called Shugendo. It means, uh, and Yamabushi means one who lies down in the mountains. That's what the practitioners are called. And it was very interesting to find out that the only time this has been practiced in the West is in North Carolina, mm-hmm. and it's just started last year. Because I know coming back to North Carolina, to transition to your question, it's like, I'm not going to say, oh, well, Japan was a very spiritual, magical place and America's not. Mm. It's, it's, very, it's very hidden. It's very present. And North Carolina is a very beautiful place. Yeah. It's like this intersection of energies in so many different ways. Like even in that fungi class I'm telling you about, it's like North Carolina is this intersection where certain fungi just stop at North Carolina. They don't grow more north. And certain fungi species come south and stop. in North Carolina and don't go grow any further south. Wow. And it's all this. So I learned this at the museum downtown in Raleigh. It's like it's one of the only states, maybe the only, that there are emeralds, sapphires, rubies, and um, dime. Well, some four. Some four uh, precious gems that are... Like this is the only state you find all of them in. Yeah. And um, so I'm coming back here and I'm not going to be like, well... Like I said, I'm not going to compare the two with Judge America. I know that there's a lot of spirituality present here, and North Carolina is very special, and I'm definitely looking forward mm-hmm. to going out to the mountains again, and show, sort of honoring them with that respect that I ha- I learned and sh- appreciated from Japanese culture. Right. Because I know a lot of Native American culture. The, Black, uh, the Cherokee in the North Carolina mountains was very, very big, and... I want to kind of revive that people's appreciation for that now or explore it because I'm sure it's already being done. There are already people out there that really do appreciate and care about it.
0: Yeah, I think that's why I love North Carolina so much. I've lived here my whole life, but I hadn't really, I knew that like it was a very special place to me and I always feel home here. But um, yeah, in the last 10 years or so, I've started to explore what you're talking about more here and, It is, there's no place like it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'd love to go to Japan and do that mountain stuff, but I just feel such a connection with the land here. And um, I feel like it's a body thing, like your cells are made up of, you know, (laughs) where you came from and um, the, I don't know, nature here is very interesting and so diverse and so many different types of climates in this one state. Yeah and very cool um yeah i want to hear about if you do this tell me the name of it again uh, shugendo shugendo yes yeah. if you do that in the blue ridge mountains that would yeah. be so cool <laughs> i want to go <laughs> absolutely yeah um yeah so coming back you're super busy with school yeah and now you're on a new path for helping others spiritually. Yes. So um, what can we take away from this conversation other than all the amazing <laughs> <laughs> insights that you've given? Um, yeah, What what's your focus for today? Like I Let's said, the,
1: the focus that I've really been was sort of feeling for, for the discussion was um, mm-hmm. to remember that you are the creative expression you know, of the universe. Like the universe, all these different things have come together to make you as you are now. And your universe is creating itself through you. Uh-huh. So just to remember how special you are and that you are creative. Because that's, that's been something, I, like creativity has been a theme that's come back in my life a lot now. Yeah. Um, I'm rediscovering that and really embracing how much fulfillment it brings me. And just to remember that it doesn't have to look how you think it might. Whatever ideas you have about creativity, you know, it doesn't have to look that way because you are a creative <laughs> expression. So everything right. you do can be a creative expression. Like, oh, um, I found a different way to tie my shoes today. that I don't know. And it feels different or it helps me. Uh, yeah. There's there's a there's a practical creativity too. Just that it just doesn't have to be um, expressing your feelings. All that, although that is, seems to be I'm learning that if you can give someone a way to express their feelings and to get them out and to explore them, that's the best way you can help them heal. That's yeah. going to give them a, you know, a permanent solution if they keep working with their own feelings through art. That's what's really going to, because you know, you can only you do energy work and you can realign them. You can only do that so much until they have to develop some sort of practice of doing it themselves. And right. Art's just a wonderful way, and, and you are art. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the most we are of, that's the, the focus. creative are
0: energy. Yeah. That's awesome. Cool. Well, thank you so much for coming and being on the show today, Arthur. Yes.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: And um, we'll provide some links with how you can connect with Arthur in the blog post on the website. And also some more information about all the cool things he's mentioned. All right. See you next time.